Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church. Today we're beginning a new message series called Jesus the Messiah. And in this series, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about the true identity of Jesus Christ. The name Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's a title that means the Anointed One or the Messiah. And so the question of, of who Jesus is is the most important question that a person can ask in life. If Jesus is simply a good man or even a, a great prophet, just a great prophet, he, he really would have little impact on our lives. But if he is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, the Messiah, and the Savior of the world, then we must make a choice. The only rational choice is to choose to believe in and worship him. But how can we know who Jesus is? Well, there are many ways to answer the question of who Jesus is. But in this series, we're going to show how dozens of messianic prophecies in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament prophecies about Jesus were written hundreds and usually thousands of years before Jesus was born. And yet, as we'll see going through this series, these ancient prophecies were fulfilled in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what do these prophecies prove? Well, first of all, they are proof that the Bible is not simply an ancient book, but it is a, a supernatural book filled with prophecies that have come true hundreds or thousands of years after they were written down. These Old Testament prophecies prove that Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the very Son of God. And as we better understand these Old Testament prophecies, these truths will strengthen our faith as believers. And these truths will help us to show unbelievers why the Bible is just is not just another book, but is a supernatural book inspired by the Holy Spirit. These prophecies will help us to strengthen our faith and to help it to grow strong. Prophecies will help us to show others why Jesus was not just a good man or even just a great prophet. Jesus was who he said he was, which is the divine Son of God and the Messiah. I'd like us to watch a short video about Jesus the Messiah called Creator Messiah Jesus. Well, Jesus is the great Messiah. And today our message is entitled, Ancient Prophecies Revealed. 
Now, where do you think that the first prophecies of Jesus the Messiah are found? Well, the answer is the first prophecies are found not in the middle of the Old Testament, not at the end, but in the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. And today we're going to be looking at three wonderful prophecies about Jesus from Genesis. And each one, we're then going to look at the New Testament fulfillment of these prophecies about Jesus and see how they apply to our lives today. First of all, Jesus is the promised seed. We're going to begin in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. It says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And so the background to these two verses is that God created Adam and Eve, placed them in a beautiful garden named Eden. God instructed them they could do anything in the garden except eat of a certain tree. Now Satan, appearing as a serpent, tempted Adam and Eve to eat of the forbidden tree, and they ate the fruit of the tree, yielding to the serpent's temptation. God then pronounced judgment on both the serpent, Satan, and upon Adam and Eve. The curse of God indicated there would be continual conflict between Satan and the woman Eve, and between each of their offspring or seed. In the last part of verse 15, we see the first prophetic promise of Jesus the Messiah. God declares that the seed of the woman would bruise or crush the serpent's head, a fatal wound. And a serpent would bruise or crush the seed or descendant of the woman's heel, a non-fatal wound. And so, the seed or offspring of Eve, we're going to learn, is Jesus Christ. On the cross, Satan inflicted pain on Jesus by killing him and yet bruised his heel, and yet Jesus rose from the dead, fatally wounding Satan. Finally, there will be continual conflict between the women's offspring, which are believers, and Satan's offspring, consisting of unbelievers and his demonic forces. We see that the future Messiah or Deliverer would be a human being the seed or descendant of Eve. Now let's look at how this promise was fulfilled in the New Testament. Matthew 1 verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So in these verses, we learn some important facts about the birth of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. Mary, Jesus' mother, conceived not through her husband Joseph, but through the Holy Spirit. Mary, obviously being a human descendant of Eve, was Jesus' mother, making him fully human. And yet Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, who is God, making him also fully divine. Now Joseph thought that Mary had become pregnant by being unfaithful to him and so was planning on divorcing her. Matthew 1 verse 20 says, As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so this angel appeared to Joseph, let him know that the baby was conceived not of a man, but of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was to name the baby Jesus, and Jesus' mission was to save people from their sins. 
Only God could save people from their sins. And so we see right from his birth, Jesus as fully human and fully divine, the one and only God-man. Now, Jesus taught us in John 12, verse 31, he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And so when Jesus was crucified, he defeated Satan by rising from the dead. This is spoken of in John as being judgment upon the world, Satan's habitat, the place where he has his domain. And of Satan, the ruler of this world was being cast out. This was a spiritual victory won by Jesus, making Satan a defeated foe. And yet, he still roams the earth, seeking to tempt people, but his final doom is determined. Jesus, when crucified, said he would draw people to himself. He would draw people to being forgiven and saved through faith in him. Jesus was the promised seed prophesied way back in Genesis chapter 3. Now, we must always understand, we must always believe that Jesus was fully human and fully divine at the same time. Many heretical doctrines uh, have come about saying that Jesus was only human or only divine or, or something other than what the Bible teaches. Jesus was and is the only God-man who has ever existed. And so God himself took on human flesh when Jesus was conceived and Mary, his mother. And as God, Jesus lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He resisted every temptation of Satan. And as a human being, Jesus also led a, a perfect life. Therefore, he was able to defeat Satan on the cross as he paid the penalty for the sin of the world. Jesus was and is the seed or descendant of Eve from the Garden of Eden. And so as we enter into the Christmas season this year, Let's give thanks to God that Jesus chose to take on human flesh that we might be saved. Jesus willingly chose to suffer and die for each one of us that we might have eternal life. And so one day as believers, we're going to see Jesus, the promised seed. We'll see his nail-scarred hands and feel his warm embrace. Until then, we must continue to tell others about who this wonderful Jesus is. Not only is Jesus the promised seed, but Jesus is the, the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 2, our next prophecy. God says, I will make of you, speaking to Abraham, a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so in these verses, God is speaking to Abraham. He's calling him from his home country to journey to the unknown land of Israel, the promised land. And there God promises that he's going to bless Abraham and make him a blessing. The promise of the Messiah is in the last phrase in which God says, In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, through a descendant of Abraham, all the nations of the earth would receive this blessing. Eventually, God brought the son of promise Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. And the line of Abraham eventually led to the promised Messiah who brought blessing to the whole world, both Jew and Gentile. Paul writes in Galatians 3 verse 8, he says, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, And you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so these verses tell us that all the nations being blessed is, is actually the gospel. It's the good news. The gospel is the good news that people of all nations can be blessed by believing in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The blessing of Abraham that was fulfilled in Jesus applies only to those who are of faith, faith in Jesus. And so today we as believers are able to live in the blessing of Abraham through faith. As Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, so God blesses us to spread his blessing to the rest of the world. Paul continues in Galatians 3 verse 13 and he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And so Paul here makes it explicitly clear that it's only through Jesus Christ that the blessing of Abraham comes, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Those who are saved through faith in Jesus are also able to receive the promise of the Spirit, Spirit baptism through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we see that Jesus the Messiah brings the ancient blessing of God on Abraham to every person who believes in Jesus Christ. So let's think for a minute about how God blessed Abraham. What is the blessing of Abraham? Well, first of all, God blessed him by leading him to and giving him the land of promise. Secondly, God provided Abraham with the resources that he needed to fulfill God's purposes. And finally, God fulfilled his promise of a son whose line, whose descendants would lead to the Messiah and the blessing of the entire world. Now, again, we must be careful to realize the blessing of Abraham is only for those who have faith in Jesus the Messiah. So how does the blessing of Abraham apply to us today? Well, Abraham's blessing involves both physical and spiritual blessing. Our promised land as believers is not the land of Israel. It's the kingdom of God, which has no physical boundaries. God has also blessed us with the resources to fulfill his purpose. Those resources are the, are the physical resources that we need to live as well as the spiritual resources we need to carry out his instructions. God's purpose for us is summarized in the Great Commission, which commands us to do our part to reach the nations of the world with the gospel. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others by leading them to Jesus the Messiah. And as we each do our part, we are a channel of blessing to the entire world. Remember, we are blessed, not just to be blessed. We are blessed with the blessing of Abraham in order to be a blessing to those who do not yet know their Messiah. Jesus is also the royal ruler. Let's look at our third prophecy in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. It says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until the tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. 
So remember, Isaac was Abraham's son of promise. He had a son named Jacob, later named Israel. Jacob had 12 sons, which led to the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And on his deathbed, Jacob prophesied over each of his 12 sons. The verse that we just read was part of the prophecy over Judah, one of Jacob's sons. The prophecy over Judah was a unique prophecy, unlike the prophecies over the other 11 sons. Jacob prophesied under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that a descendant from the tribe of Judah would be a ruler with scepter and staff. And this royal ruler would not be an ordinary ruler, but would be, an, would be acknowledged and receive tribute from the peoples or nations. In fact, the prophecy is that the peoples of the earth would obey this royal ruler. Now, as we read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, we find he obviously was a Jew in the lineage of Abraham, but he was also a direct descendant of Jacob in the tribe of Judah, fulfilling this prophecy. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, an angel appeared to Mary. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And so as an angel spoke to Joseph about the baby, so an angel speaks to Mary about her son, Jesus the Messiah. Mary had found favor. She was blessed in order to bring God's son into the world. Now, let's listen carefully to what the angel tells Mary about the future of her son in Luke 1 verse 32. It says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so Mary's son would be the son of the Most High, that is, the son of God. In fulfillment of prophecy, he would be a royal ruler in the line of David, and would reign over the house of Jacob. His reign would not be as an earthly king, but Jesus the Messiah would reign forever, and his kingdom would be eternal. Jesus would be, and is now, the royal ruler that the nations have been waiting for. So let's think a, a bit deeper about what it means for Jesus the Messiah to be the royal ruler. After Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and gave them the Great Commission, their, their mission to reach the entire world for him. Now what does Jesus' Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18-20 begin with? Well, Jesus says, and I quote, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, this is not something that's going to happen in our future. Jesus had all authority over heaven and earth 2,000 years ago when he spoke those words. And he has that same authority today. All authority in heaven and earth. Nothing happens that is not part of his plan for history. And yet we are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for God's kingdom to come because even though Jesus has all authority, he has yet to exercise that authority to judge all evil in our world. That will only happen completely when Jesus returns again. In the meantime, in the time in which we live, the last days, we live in what theologians call the already not yet time of God's kingdom. Already but not yet. Already, Jesus the Messiah has all authority. Nothing happens without his permission. God's kingdom is breaking into our world. So why has Jesus not returned? Why has final judgment not come? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. Jesus is giving 
more people time to repent. Jesus is giving people time to believe in Jesus the Messiah. Because you see, once Jesus returns, there is no more opportunity to repent and believe. So even though Jesus already reigns, we do not yet see complete victory. We live in a time of wonderful miracles of God and indescribable evil and corruption. And our task as believers is to live in faith, awaiting Jesus' return. And amazingly, according to 2 Peter 3 verse 12, we can hasten his return. How do we hasten the return of Jesus? By reaching the lost and bringing them into the kingdom through the authority of Jesus. We must never forget, Jesus is the eternal royal ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Today, we've looked at three ancient prophecies about the coming Messiah from the book of Genesis, thousands of years ago. We've seen these prophecies begin to be fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the promised seed. He's the blessing of Abraham. He's the royal eternal ruler. And yet God has given each one of us as believers a part to play in bringing the king back. We are to be used by the Spirit to birth myriads of new believers into his family. We are to bring the blessing of Abraham to the nations of the world as well. It's right here in St. Louis. We are to see more and more people and nations come under the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. God has called us to live in an exciting time in history. A time that is closer to his return than any other generation that's ever lived. A time in which ancient prophecies are being fulfilled in new ways. Let's do our part to hasten the return of the King, Jesus, the Messiah. Now this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to repent and become a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to pray with me and be born again. Or perhaps you've made a commitment in the past and you've fallen away. You feel like you're not close to God and you'd like to recommit your life to him this morning. To do that, you need to simply admit that you've sinned. Repent, turn away from that sin. B, believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead. And C, commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord. So let's pray together right now. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things and I repent. I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin, that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I believe that you rose from the dead three days later and I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we, we thank you for your word, for the Bible that shows us these supernatural prophecies of the Messiah thousands of years before Jesus was even born. We believe that Jesus was the promised seed destined to destroy Satan. We pray that we as believers would tear down the strongholds of the enemy in our time. Thank you that in Jesus, the blessing of Abraham comes to us as believers. Give us the courage to spread this good news, this gospel, so that more people would become part of your family and be blessed as well. Thank you that Jesus is the royal ruler whose reign and whose kingdom are eternal. May we look forward to and hasten the day of your return. Help us to expose evil in our country and promote righteousness across our nation. We pray 
that your will would be done in our lives, in St. Louis, and in America, as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. We'll pray for you and offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are now open at 10 a.m. at our campus at 15036 Clayton Road, Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at lcstl.org slash give. And next Sunday, we, we uh, continue our message series, Jesus the Messiah, with the message, Jesus' birth foretold. I invite you to join us then and learn more about Jesus the Messiah in this Christmas season. God bless and have a great week.